welcome to the 102nd episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're talking about a lesser known franchise. It's a quirky little creature feature called Tremors. There are seven movies total and one season of a TV series. This franchise is considered a horror comedy, and it's a throwback to the 1950s creature features that included, I'm sure you remember them, giant spiders, giant ants, uh, Gila monsters, lizards, all of that stuff. So let's go over the seven movies and TV series and talk about who was involved. The first Tremors movie came out in 1990, directed by Ron Underwood, screenwriters Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, producers Gail Ann Hurd, Brent Maddox and S.S. Wilson, starring Kevin Bacon as Val McKee, and this is before he became famous, Michael Gross as Burt Gummer, Fred Ward as Earl Bassett, Finn Carter as Rhonda LeBeck, and Reba McIntyre as Heather Gummer. The second movie is Tremors 2 Aftershocks from 1996, so six years later. Um, this movie and all of the rest of them, I think, all of the rest of them are direct-to-video. So the first movie, I think, is the only one that was theatrically released. I'll clarify that further down the list here. But uh, Tremors 2 Aftershock. This time, S.S. Wilson also serves as director, producers, Nancy Roberts and Christopher Defaria, starring Fred Ward. He's back as Earl. Uh, Christopher Garton as Earl's pal Grady. Michael Gross is back as Burt Gummer. And Helen Shaver as Dr. Kate Riley. Trimmers 3, Back to Perfection from 2001, so that's five years later. This time, the director is Brent Maddox, screenwriter John Welpley. Producers are some of the same people. A few people return from the first movie. Michael Gross is back again. Charlotte Stewart, Ariana Richards, Tony Genera, and Robert Jane. Then Tremors 4, The Legend Begins from 2004, so three years later. This is actually a prequel to the first movie. S.S. Wilson is back as director, screenwriter Scott Buck, same people back as producers, starring Michael Gross, but this time he is starring as his great-great-grandfather, Bert's great-great-grandfather, who is named Hiram Gummer. Then we have Tremors 5, Bloodline. Don Michael Paul is the director for the last three movies. Screenwriter is William Truesmith and M.A. Deuce and John Welpley again. Produced by William Truesmith, M.A. Deuce, and C.J. Strieber. Starring again Michael Gross as Burt. Jamie Kennedy as Travis Welker. Um, let's see. I think I wrote this down wrong. Pearl T.H. U.S.I. as Dr. Montabu and Rhea uh, Ragaka as Baruti. So sorry about that typo, if that's a typo. Um, the sixth movie, they dropped the numbers at this point, and it's just called Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell from 2018, so three years later. John Welpley is back as a screenwriter, directed by Mike Elliott, starring, again, Michael Gross as Burt. 
Jamie Kennedy's back as Travis, Tanya Van Gron as Dr. Reader Sims, Jamie Lee Money as Valerie McKee, who is the daughter of Val and Rhonda from the first movie. And the seventh movie, again, no number. This is the last movie so far in the series, is Tremors Shrieker Island from 2020. Two years later, screenwriters are again, as we said, Don Michael Paul and Brian Brightley, producers Todd Williams and Chris uh, Lowenstein, starring again Michael Gross Burt, John Hedder as Jimmy, Jackie Cruz as Freddie, Richard Brake as Bill. Um, we'll talk about him more in a little bit, but I think I remember him most from the Rob Zombie movies. And Carol Langriche as Jazz Welker. And just a little note about the TV series was called Tremors the Series, aired on the Sci Fi Channel, had 13 episodes. Victor Brown as Tyler, Gladys Jimenez as Rosita, Marcia Strassman as Nancy, Leah Lee as Jody, and Michael Gross again returned as Bert. Christopher Lloyd also showed up at some point. There were there was a plan for a new TV series. Um, but unfortunately that was canceled. There was discussion in 2017 with Kevin Bacon scheduled to return and executive produce. Uh, the pilot was shot, but passed on by several studios, including Amazon and Sci-Fi. And I don't think the pilot's available, uh, for public viewing anywhere. Where to find these movies? The first movie is available uh, was available on Netflix until December 31st when I first started reviewing these. Um, Netflix also has the very last movie, Tremor Shrieker Island. Tubi did have all of the movies except for Shrieker Island. However, they are now gone. So um, now the only place you can find everything is the usual spots, but it's going to cost you. Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play for $4 each. The TV series I can't find anywhere, but there are clips of some of the episodes on YouTube. And none of the movies are available on Hulu or Shudder. Rotten Tomatoes scores. First movie, critics gave it an 86%. Audiences gave it a 75%. Tremors 2, critics gave it a 30%. Audiences gave it a 46%, so a big drop. Tremors 3... Critics gave it an 80. Audiences gave it a 34. So that's a big difference in opinion. Tremors 4, which is the prequel, was not rated by critics. Audiences gave it a 35%. Tremors 5, not rated by critics. Audiences gave it a 36%. Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Critics gave it a 40%. Audiences gave it a 27%. Tremors, Shrieker Island. Critics gave it a 44. Audiences gave it a 36 and, of course, the TV series was not rated. So if you look at the critics' scores for all of these, uh, the first movie was the one that they liked best, followed by Tremors 3 Back to Perfection. If you look at audience scores, uh, that they also liked the first Tremors the most. And then everything else has a pretty low rating, 40 and below. 40 down to 27 percent. On to the pilot. 
we'll do what we normally do, which is just read the brief IMDb synopsis, then talk about the pilot a little bit. So the first Tremors movie, I'm sorry, we're not doing IMDb, I'm doing Rotten Tomatoes now. So Rotten Tomatoes says, for the first movie, Repairman Val McKee, played by Kevin Bacon, and Earl Bassett, played by Fred Ward, are tired of their dull lives in the little desert town of Perfection, Nevada. But just as the two try to skip town, they happen upon a series of mysterious deaths, and a concerned seismologist, played by Finn Carter, studying unnatural readings below the ground. With the help of an eccentric couple, Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross, the group fights for survival against giant, worm-like monsters hungry for human flesh. So that's the first movie, Tremors 2. Back is Fred Ward, playing Earl Bassett. Earl must deal with a graboid infestation in a Mexican oil field. Shriekers are introduced in this movie, and we'll talk about the, uh, the worms known as graboids, their life cycle, a little later. Rotten Tomatoes says, after spending all the reward, one, reward money from his first encounter with the giant man-eating worms called graboids, Earl Bassett agrees to hunt down the deadly creatures at a Mexican oil refinery for $50,000 each. Knowing that he cannot face the monsters alone, Earl recruits Burt Gummer, another veteran of the incident in Nevada, to supply the firepower. There is only one problem. The graboids have now evolved to attack above ground. Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. So we go back to the town of Perfection, Nevada. This movie introduces another... Um, type of... Well, I don't know if you call it a type. Uh, another step in their um, life cycle, and those are called ass blasters. Yes, you heard that right. This introdu also introduces a creature called El Blanco, which is a white graboid. Rotten Tomato says, Legendary monster killer Burt Gummer has returned to Perfection Nevada after some 11 years away. It is the scene of the original attacks by the worm creatures with razor-sharp teeth. Sure enough, the creatures attack again, only now they are split into graboids, shriekers, and the new mutation known as ass blasters, which are propelled into flight by combustible flatulates. It's up to Burt. Jack Sawyer, played by Matthew Seth Wilson, and other locals to save their town from destruction. Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. As we said, this is a prequel. Michael Gross stars as an ancestor of his character, Burt Gummer. His name is Hiram Gummer. And we already said he is Burt's great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather. Rotten Tomatoes says... Prim East Coast dandy Hiram Gummer arrives in the town of Rejection, Nevada to investigate a series of strange deaths at a silver mine he owns. He receives help from local innkeeper Christine Lord, played by Sarah Botsford, and miner Juan Padilla, played by Brent Rome. But when it turns out that the gigantic killer worms that burrow underground are responsible for the miner's deaths, Hiram decides he'd better call in an expert gunslinger, known as Black Hand Kelly, played by Billy Drago, to save the day. Tremors 5, Bloodlines. 
This time they've switched continents. We're now hunting graboids in Africa. Jamie Kennedy turns out to be the son of Bert. And Rotten Tomatoes says survivalist Bert Gummer and his new sidekick Travis are hired to track down an ass blasting blaster terrorizing South Africa as they engage in battles with aggressive creatures. They discover an even more lethal creature. Tremors of Cold Day and Hell, they have again switched continents, this time they're in Canada. So think of this as Graboids in the Snow. Introduces Valerie McKee, played by Jamie Lee Money, who, as I said, is the daughter of Kevin Bacon's character, Val, and the um, and Rhonda from the first movie. Rotten Tomatoes says, Burt Gummer suspects the giant worms are being utilized as weapons at a research facility in Canada. He soon finds himself in a race against time to create an antidote from one of the creature's venom to save his own life. And last movie, Tremor Shrieker Island. Genetically enhanced graboids on a remote island. Rotten Tomatoes says, Burt Gummer must save the day when a wealthy playboy unleashes a gigantic carnivorous worm and other monsters on a tropical island. And Tremors TV series picks up after Tremors 3. The resident of perfection attempt to coexist with an albino graboid that was introduced in 3 known as El Blanco while dealing with all sorts of other craziness. On to the trivia. There may be too much of this so I may skip around. S.S. Wilson said he got the idea for the film while he was working for the U.S. Navy in a California desert while resting on a rock. He imagined what it might be like if something underground kept him from getting off the rock. Kevin Bacon would later call the filming of Tremors the single most fun time I've ever had making a movie in my entire career, but he didn't feel like that to start with. Although Tremors was not a big hit during its theatrical run, the film became a runaway smash in the home video market and ultimately tripled its original box office gross with VHS sales and rentals. One idea by the special effects crew was for the worms to have an outer shell. When above the dirt, the shell would retract to reveal a slimmer inner worm, However, many production members started to giggle at the phallic resemblance it had with a foreskin, so this was changed to a giant worm sprouting several smaller worms from its mouth. There is only two interior shots in the entire film. That's Walter's store and Bert and Heather's basement. Everything else is outside. And here's where Kevin Bacon... um, was upset about filming the movie. Bacon felt that the film was a career low. I broke down and fell to the sidewalk screaming to my pregnant wife, I can't believe I'm doing a movie about underground worms. So it looks like he changed his mind. Almost all of the actors cast came through open auditions, a rare practice for studio films. There were offers, however, for the role of Val to Bill Paxton, Matthew Modine, and Bruce Campbell, among others, before Universal cast Kevin Bacon due to his star power. Jack Palance was considered for the role of Earl Bassett, but Ron Underwood was too afraid to reach out and ask if he was interested. Underwood would work with Palance on his next project. 
Brent Maddox said that while he was writing the script, he imagined Burt Gummer being played by Chuck Norris or Clint Eastwood. One earlier drop concept for the Graboids was that they had the ability to perfectly mimic sounds, which they used to lure in unsuspecting prey. The idea was dropped because the writers thought the Graboids had too many special abilities. The filmmakers were forced to add a scene towards the beginning of the film where Rhonda is unknowingly stalked by a Graboid as she heads to her truck and the scene where old Fred is killed. They originally wanted no hint of a monster in the film until the road workers were killed to make the audience think a person might be the killer, such as with Edgar's death. The studio instead wanted to market the film as a monster movie and thus demanded more scenes involving on-screen kills before their big reveal. Michael Gross began filming only one day after shooting the very last episode of Family Ties in 1982. Principal photography took place in Lone Pine, California. The town of Perfection had a stated population of 14 people at the beginning of the film. That was Edgar, Old Fred, Nancy and Mindy, Miguel, Walter Chang, Val, Earl, Bert and Heather Gummer, Nestor, and Melvin and his parents. This is the shortest Tremors movie at 95 minutes. The working titles for the film included Beneath Perfection, Dead Silence, and Land Sharks before the filmmakers decided on Tremors. Ron Underwood said he was uninterested when Reba McIntyre asked to audition for the film. However, he, after begrudgingly letting her retire, he was blown away by her performance and realized she was a great natural actress, immediately knowing she was perfect for Heather Gummer. The Graboids were designed by Amalgamated Dynamics, the full-scale Graboid, Scene being dug up by Val was cast in lightweight foam, buried in a trench, and then dug up to achieve the desired effect. The various sounds made by the Graboids have, been popu- have become popular to reuse in other films and can be heard in such movies as Predator 2, Starship Troopers, Ants, Mosquito, Eight-Legged Freaks, and Kong Skull Island, among others. Uh, we already talked about that the studio wanted to market as a creature feature. The creators didn't want to put the Graboid on the cover, but they were overruled by the studio. The Graboids are very reminiscent of giant worms in Dune. Both are obviously giant worms, live underground, live in the desert, have large mouths on the end, and respond to vibrations on the surface. Also, both films have creatures escaping the worms by retreating to rocks, when they where they can't be attacked. Uh, S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock were inspired to create the town of perfection after visiting the real-life community of Darwin, California during a film shoot for the Navy, which we already talked about. Darwin is a barren ex-mining community with only 32 residents that can only be accessed by a single dirt road nearly 40 miles away from the next town over. Um, 
At the time of filming in the spring of 1989, Kevin Bacon's wife was in her third trimester of pregnancy with the couple's first child. With cell phones virtually non-existent in 1989, a telephone was installed on the set in order to allow Bacon to remain in touch with his wife from the set's isolated location. Bacon's wife went into labor during his last day on the set right after filming the scene where Walter is killed by the Graboids. The couple's son, Travis Bacon, was born June 23, 1989. To simulate a monster attacking the horse, fake tentacles were attached around the horse. The movement of the tentacles was achieved by an inner mechanism that was operated manually. The horse was not at all frightened by this. The horse then laid down, which he was trained to do. Collapsible stirrups were used to protect the horse. A veterinarian sedated the horse briefly, and an American Humane Association representative, society representative, was present at all times. A prop of a fake horse flank was used when the monster bites into the horse. Discounting the Tremors television series, Edgar and Howard are the only characters in the entire Tremors franchise to die from causes other than a graboid, shrieker, or ass blaster attack. Edgar dies from dehydration, and Howard dies as a result of a rock fall during his failed attempt to save his workmate Carmine from a graboid. The body count here, not including sheep and horses, is... Edgar, old Fred, two road workers, the doctor and his wife, two people who came by to check on the road workers who were killed off screen, only their bloody helmets are shown, Walter and Nestor. Uh, when Chang is partially swallowed by the graboid, it swerves back and forth before drawing back under the ground. It is almost identical to the scene near the end of Jaws where Quint slides into the mouth of Giant Shark and it swings back and forth with him in his mouth before sliding back into the water. So you'll notice a lot of similarities between some scenes in this franchise and Jaws and also Jurassic Park. And lastly for Tremors 1, Val says to Earl about the Grab Boys, for all we know they can fly. Near the end when the Grab Boy Stumpy Falls to his death, Val says, Can you fly, sucker? In the third film, it turns out the third part of the Graboid life cycle, dubbed the Ass Blaster, has the ability to fly. Tremors 2. The film was originally meant to take place in Australia on a budget of $17 million, with Bacon reprising his role in a theatrical release when the idea uh, was approved, but only given a budget of $4 million, the script was loosely rewritten to accommodate the budget, and obviously Bacon did not return. Um, Good to skip some of this stuff. After filming production wrapped in 1994, Tremors was shelved for two years after the studio was unsure what to do with the movie. This was because Universal was shocked when test audiences adored the film and demanded it play in theaters, which prompted the creators to fight Universal's proposal into sending the film direct-to-video. After two years of trying to secure a wide theatrical release and failing, Universal finally released the film in April of 96, exactly two years after filming had finished. Um, in addition to the shriekers designed by Amalgamated Dynamics, some Scenes in the film using shriekers were CGI designed by Trippet Studios. 
These animated shriekers are used to show walking, running, or climbing as the movements were beyond the capabilities of the fully articulated puppet shriekers. There's a common misconception that the graboid Stumpy, the one with the missing tentacle from the first movie, is the graboid mounted on Bert's wall. Bert's trophy is a graboid that burst into his rec room. The mounted graboid head is missing a tentacle, but that's probably been destroyed by Bert and Heather's gunfire. Um... Two designs were created for the Shriekers. One was used for this film and one was recycled for the bugs in Starship Troopers. Effects artist Phil Tibbet helmed the effects work for both films at the same time. If you watch Starship Troopers closely, the bugs have mandibles identical to the Graboids from Tremors. When Kate finds evidence of the Graboids' origin, Earl states that he has always thought that they were from space an opinion that he also expresses in a conversation during the first film. There is a short scene where Earl explains how the Graboids got their name in the first film from Walter Chang. Earl said he liked them, he named them, then they ate him. While it is unknown who named the Shriekers, it's likely given the franchise's tradition that Grady Hoover named them. At the end of the movie, it is stated that they are credited with 28 kills. This was translated into, if you get $50,000 per kill, $1,400,000 for Grady or $700,000 for his partner. But Bert must have gotten something since he did participate and he lost his truck. And who knows if they ever got paid. When the oil field employees are attempting to recruit Earl for a graboid problem in Mexico, he states that he has already tried to capture the services of Senor McKee. Earl responds, Val married a good woman. Why would he want to die? Implying Val and Rhonda have wed since the events of the first movie. A running theme in Tremors 2 is that Bert will be completely prepared for the Graboids only to be completely disarmed as a result of previously unknown aspect of the Graboids' biology. In Tremors 2, he arrives in Mexico with an army of trucks with weapon and ammunition only to subsequently exhaust it all fighting the newly evolved Shriekers. In Tremors 3, Bert's Graboid-proof home bunker was completely defenseless against the new ass blasters as he unnecessarily de detonated it along with he his amassed food stores and weapons. He was stunned that after all of his planning, he ended up as a refugee. The body count in this movie is very small in terms of people. It's only three people. Um, Pedro... Julio, and Noisy Coyote. The number of killed shriekers is not known. It would include at least the two, about two dozen Burt killed the night before, plus several dozen killed at the refinery. Could easily between, be between 50 and 100. Shrimmers 3. Mary Gross, sister of Michael 
Gross plays a small part in the movie as the mom who has the line, Thank you, Mr. Goober. She is listed in the credits as Tourist Mom. El Blanco is a nod to Moby Dick by Herman Melville, an old albino whale whose behavior was unusual for his species. When Bird is in Chang's Market talking to Jody, he says, Are you trying to turn this valley into a theme park? To which Jody responded, Well, it worked for your friends Earl and Grady. This refers to Grady's idea for a graboid-related theme park in Tremors 2. Her comment also confirms that Earl and Grady did indeed open such an attraction. In Jody's store, she has some comics in stock that include Graboid Shriekers and finally Graboids versus Shriekers. For pacing and budgetary reasons, a lot of Shrieker action was cut from the middle of the script. Ultimately, Shriekers only appear in the opening scene as well as their shed husks in the film. The next Tremor project after this was, of course, the 13-episode TV series. This is quoted as being Michael Gross's favorite of the Tremor movies. And at 104 minutes, it's the longest of the movies. This is the first Tremors film in which Burt Gummer is the main character. Um, and as previously, some of the graboids here were done by CGI um, versus just uh, practical effects and puppets and miniatures. Second time a graboid dies by slamming into concrete. When a graboid slams into concrete outside of Burt's compound, this is the first the first time was in Tremors, the first movie, when that graboid was killed by sla slamming into the side of a concrete aqueduct um, canal. Jody gives the ass blasters their names, similar to her Uncle Walter in the first film who gave the graboids their name before he got eaten. This is the only film in the series to be rated PG instead of PG-13, which is somewhat humorous considering the number of times the term ass blaster is repeated. No shriekers appear on screen in perfection throughout this movie, which is kind of puzzling because, I mean, I know they wanted them to evolve into something else, but the shriekers were a very good addition, I thought. Luckily, they'll be back for the last movie. Um, let's see here. This induces, as we said, the next step of the graboid metamorphosis, the ass blaster, the aptly named bipedal creature, similar to the shrieker in the sense that it uses the same heat-seeking organs on its head to hunt. However, it has the ability to glide through the air using gastric acids that ignite the oxygen with oxygen when combined. Tremors 4. As silly as it looks, the two-inch bore giant shotgun is a real thing. It was used to shoot entire flocks of ducks at once. You would mount the gun on a flat bottom boat, aim at the side of the lake where a flock was feeding, and fire. It doesn't sound very sportsmanlike, does it?
This is the first film of the Tremors franchise to have a Graboid accurately presented on the cover art for the home video release. The cover and posters for the other home video releases included uh, more generic eel-like monsters with white fangs which resembled giant Graboid tentacles. Yes, I, I wondered about that too. I'm like, these Graboids don't have white teeth, so I don't know why this monster has white teeth. Shooters is the unofficial name for baby Graboids, as they are dubbed so in the Tremors Encyclopedia. However, being a non-cavern site, it's not their official name. In fact, on the Stampede Entertainment site, they are frequently referred to as Grabites, short for Graboid Light. The most commonly agreed upon name is Dirt Devil, although... This was also used to refer to the full-size Graboids. As the Dirt Devils have not yet been encountered in modern day, it is unknown what their name would be. All creatures of the previous Tremor movies are named differently, of course. Graboid Shriekers and Ass Blasters, however, in this movie, the baby Graboids are named Dirt Devils. And Tremors 5... The film movie was filmed in an actual wildlife reserve in South Africa and volunteers there helped the crew with such tasks as holding the horses still and moving temporary lion cages to locations. This film would mark the third continent Graboids have surfaced. Of course, they were in Nevada, Mexico, and in South America and Argentina and now in Africa. They never made it to Australia, but they had one working title in mind. If they did, Tremors 5, Thunder from Down Under. Let's see what else we got here. The first movie in the Tremors franchise not to be delivered by Ron Underwood, S.S. Wilson, or Brent Maddock. Tremors Cold Day in Hell, which is Tremors 6. This is the first time Bert isn't seen wearing his trademark Atlanta Hawks hat. This time he sports a Chicago Cubs hat. This is the second film in the series without involvement from Stampede Entertainment and the color blue is almost in every scene. This is the second time South African actress and model Tanya Van Graan has starred in a direct-to-video B-movie sequel after Death Race Inferno from 2013. And we already said Val McKee is the daughter of Kevin Bacon and Finn Carter's characters in the first film. This film contains numerous direct references to the original, including have Valerie call herself Val, which is what Kevin Bacon's character used to do. A character using liquid from the top of a tower to distract a graboid from killing someone. Bert screaming broke into the Wrong goddamn hanger, didn't you, you bastard? 
Whereas in the first film, he screamed, broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard, after killing his first graboid. Also uses the last graboid's momentum against itself, the shipping container here, while the cliff and stampede mechanics in the original. Strangely, Val is the daughter of two Americans, but she speaks with a South African accent. And the last movie, Tremors, Shrieker Island. Michael Gross actually ate a grub during the filming as part of his uh, character's uh, living on the desert away from people. And November 2018, I'm sorry, living on a de uh, deserted island away from people. In November 2018, Michael Gross posted a picture of himself from the film on social media with the caption, Burt Gummer, as you've never seen him before, it showed him with long white hair and a thick white beard. The name of this movie was originally Tremors Island Fury. Dr. Jasmine, also known as Jazz Welker, is the mother of Travis Welker, Bert's son, from the previous two Tremor movies. The first time Shrieker Vision is used, the audio sounds exactly like the noises heard when seeing through the eyes of the Predator. And this film premiered on Netflix at the same time it was released in Blu-ray, DVD, digital release on October the 20th, 2020. At the end of the movie, we learn that April 14th is Burt Gummer Day. Unlike Tremors 3, where only Mexican characters die, only white characters die in this movie. Additionally, people of color outnumber white characters for most of the film. TV series, I'm not sure what I've got on that. Um, of course, Bert was the only crossover character besides the worm El Blanco. This movie... The premiere broke the Sci-Fi Channel's record for most amount of views for a new series when the pilot Feeding Frenzy debuted March 28, 2013. Filmed on the same soundstage as Titanic, in fact, all remaining sets from Titanic were torn down for the production of this film. Charlotte Stewart could not return to play Nancy as she had an exclusive commercial contract that prevented her from starring in anything else while the commercial aired. Now, why should you watch these movies? Well, as I said, they are fun creature feature movies. Um, the character of Burt Gummer is a hoot. Uh, of course, he doesn't get going until the third episode, really. He has a small part in the other two. Um, they are horror comedies, so they're kind of fun. Um, on the negative side, a lot of the movies are repetitive because it's somebody discovers a graboid, then they have to kill it, then it chases them around, then some people die, things like that. So it is pretty redundant. Um, I would say if you want to really get an idea of what's happening in this franchise. If you watch the first movie, just because it's the first one, 
maybe the third one because that's where Bert um, becomes the main character and then the final movie Shrieker Island just to see how it all ends and I assume that was the end of the franchise um, unless they do something else but I thought it wrapped up appropriately with the the uh, last movie and they had a lot of good callbacks to um, other points in the franchise now the recipe this week I know you think we're probably going to talk about eating worms and we are but these are actually edible worms and not real worms although you can eat real worms and lots of people do I think they're high in what protein so I'm not opposed to eating worms um, but these how to make creepy edible worms is from ashleymarie.com and uh, I think this is after she's played around a bit with trying to figure out how to make something that looks realistic so these edible worms are made from uh, any pink juice gelatin and straws and then the straws are the ones that have the little grooves in them so when you put them on the plate they actually look a lot like worms so it's pretty cool um, I'll include a link here but it would be a fun Halloween um, edition she says she made them and people loved the way they looked, but no one would eat them because they were so creeped out but basically it's a uh, grapefruit, grapefruit juice in straws um, just and gelatin to try to get the, the color right so I will include a link to that in the notes. And lastly, where can you find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating. If you like what you're hearing, we need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright@gmail.com, at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. Until next time, stay safe out there and watch out for graboids, shriekers, and ass blasters. Talk to you later. Bye.